the court storming edition of the Bottom Line Bombs on the Sports Game Podcast Network is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Sign up today using promo code PN. And then, wait, what? And then go to code thing. <laughs> Just hold on a second, guys. There we go. All right. I'm messing this up already. What I'm trying to say is go to sportsgamepodcast.com, enter our bonus contest. Five winners receive shirts, hat, and $50 SGPN gift card. We're also brought to you Hall of Fame Bets, sports betting research platform for Barley's player props, game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hufbets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. And now, what did this thing do that? Let's just do Welcome to the Bottom Line Bombs. I am your host, C.J. Sullivan, the Bet Detective, the man in the box. And from live on Monday, February 26th, Leap Week. Uh, Also coming in remotely from the box, the original box. In Hollywood, California, not one more week, not in the studio of doing the self DIY, do it yourself, DIY IV treatment. Apparently, I got one more week that's scheduled. Doctor said some shit about wanting to put more. I'm putting it into it anyway. Um, But anyway, we got a great show today. We're going to do some uh, court storming bombs. That's the big outrage now is court storming. I'll give out some college basketball bombs for today and tomorrow, mainly tomorrow, and some NBA for tomorrow since it's a little late. It's not too late. Uh, the chat already coming in here. Serial, look at you. Haven't seen you in a while. Um, he just uh, he's looking to find something to blow his footy hit on and just cash a plus six hundred. There you go. Ship it, serial. Nice. Like to hear that. Well. Nothing like nothing like winning, because then you could parlay that into a fortune. <laughs> That's the thing. Though. I had a couple parlays, and then you put you dump it right back. That's the difference between your sharps and your squares. Everybody wins, but you're not. But the, the difference is, then squares put it right back and keep betting. You gotta pick. Think. I mean, better, easier said than done. I don't do that. Listen to what I say, not as I do, as I say. Anyway, um, I but but you're in the right place, cereal. I've been hot last week. My bombs I uh, gave out. I uh, gave it uh, last episode. Went five and zero in the college hoops. One and one in the NBA. Three and one before that in college hoops. So I was eight and one last week. Eight and one in the college hoops. Not too shabby. Saturday we binked Kentucky. That was a fucking cigar piece. Wake Forest. That was the whole corn storming situation. We'll get into that later. Kansas State was a nice winner. Penn State was a nice winner. And how about DePaul? I gave out the who, who on anywhere, even on SGPN or anywhere in gambling Twitterverse, is giving out DePaul winners. Me. They didn't win outright, but I lost by one. Getting four and a half versus Georgetown. That was awesome. That was exciting. Anyway, 
Uh, but welcome, Serial, and anyone else coming in here. I see the chat room is blowing up. I have, uh, yeah, we'll get into that a little bit. I also have a man in a box, of course, later. I want to talk about that SNL episode. Everyone also seems to be talking about, um, yeah, like I said, I'm back. I'm still home doing it. I'm not in the studio yet. I'm getting out there, though. I'm almost fully rehabbed. Got to got to be careful though. The doc, these these doctors, these doctors are a little over careful. To be honest with you, but I'll do one more week from back here because I still got to finish off this IV. Uh, but I went out this weekend, did a couple more set, did a couple sets. Haven't done, haven't done stand up in a while because of this sickness that I had, and then uh, I went well. I just talked about being in the hospital. People people kind of give you a sympathy laugh for that, so I kind of I'm gonna milk that for as much as I can. Um, <laughs> uh, a couple of good fun sets one in Glendale one at the uh, improv here in Hollywood um, so that was good getting back out there went to a birthday party on uh, Saturday night as well I double dipped I did a birthday party 6 to 8 it was this girl's 50th nothing says 50th birthday than wrapping it up at 8 o'clock that's from Jeff Klinger that's his quote um but uh, you know, you never, you never get used to, it and they can't, you can't fully be pre- pre- prepared. They can't prepare you enough when you move to Los Angeles. There's a lot of things you have to deal with. You move to Los Angeles, a lot, a lot of some good, a lot of bad. But one thing you're never ready for is how many adult birthday parties you're going to be going to, because they are all underdeveloped children out here. And they have uh, emotional problems. I mean, they, they they make adult birthday parties. It's a big thing out here. You have to show up. You have to go, and then you and you realize it's just a lot of people barely holding on. They're holding on by a thread. They're talking about their friend. No one means anything. You know, no one means what they're saying. Their people are crying for no reason. Like Jesus, God, we are emotional wrecks everyone's a disaster in this town but it's still fun yeah all it is is it's a reason to go out and that's what you do need in la you need a you need a reason to go out or you'll never go out so it's just you know your birthday really isn't for you it's for other people to go out (laughs) i like what although i will say this All right, I don't get mad when people make a big deal of their birthday. Whatever, you make a big deal of your birthday, it's fine. Whatever, it's it's it's, it's a forgivable offense. I don't go when people post about their birthday. You know, if you want to, other people post pictures, that's fine. It's I always like when someone posts about their birthday. Like, well, I made it one more year around this big, this big marble. You know, one more year around this globe. I <laughs> somehow survived. You know. What do you mean around this marble, this marble, this globe? You never left Toledo. Of course, you you spin this globe trotter spinning around the globe. Eh, Somehow I survived. Yeah, no shit. Somehow you survived in your suburb. We're going to your job and going home. I don't know how I did it. With my two weeks vacation. Well, here we are anyway. Cheers to another. Although that is me this year. Somehow I survived. I didn't. Almost didn't. <laughs> no, I did. I did. Who are we kidding? Like I said, uh, 
the funnest part about uh, going into the hospital, about surviving this this globe, is when you get out and you tell people. They first are shocked. Oh my god, I didn't know, and then they get mad at you. Why didn't you tell me? What the fuck? You almost died. Why didn't you tell me that you almost died? Why you're almost dying? I didn't almost die, and this is why. I don't like it. But that being said, let's celebrate the college bombs that I'm giving out. The Beck detective sniffing out lines, sniffing out the bad lines so you don't get hurt out there in these streets with the laced fentanyl and whatnot. That was at the ball line, if you ask me. Um, so anyway, we're going we're gonna to burn through this show pretty quickly because this is the first part of the C Block. Up next. I do a show with Kobe D, Picks Dundee, the weekend bombs or the bombs down under. And the bottom line bombs, by the way, today, I know you guys listening right now, of course, are uh, subscribed to my personal feed. But I'm also going to put this on the college experience. I got to get this out there. More exposure. People aren't. uh, People left after the NFL. So I need to push through more. So we're going to the college experience, which which I do every Tuesday and uh, Monday and Thursday anyway. Part of the C block. So there we go. Eight and one. And why not? Especially when I'm giving out fucking, I mean, when I'm binking bombs, eight and one, eight and one last week in college hoops. Come on. I don't pick every single game like those fucking maniacs, Moneyline, Mac, and Nella Binknicks, and Colby D's, you know, and all the Division three schools and all that shit. God bless them. But I do give you winners. Anyway, first, let me tell you about Underdog Fantasy. And let me put up a thing so you don't have to look at my face when I talk about Underdog Fantasy. Just don't pay attention to that NBA read. Uh, Underdog Fantasy is the easiest place to play fantasy sports. It's also the fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Um, they have a pick'em game. You pick whatever your favorite player will have, higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. You can win up to 100 times your money in a single night. Pick between two and five players. Pick, pick, a, pick a mentry. You can also make a rival's picks, which makes two players against each other. Which player will have more yards? That kind of stuff like that. You know what I mean? Uh, I've been running up my underdog fantasy account, personally. I love it. You can do cross sports, you know, higher or lower, and then like, uh, you know, $5, $20, something simple like that, and then uh, you can do it. Pretty great. Um, Like tonight, I would put in, um, like I could get a little fun revenge game. Like you got Toronto, Indiana, so you got Pascal Siakam revenge. Put his higher assists, like three and a half, something like that. And then, uh Sabonis, higher rebound just because he's Sabonis, and that's what he does. No one talks about Sabonis, but he's like a little mini Jokic out there. Didn't make the All-Star game, but anyway. Um, anyway, um, sign up today with promo code SGPN. Get your first deposit doubled up to $100 as well as instant pick'em special. Visit underdogfantasy.com. Find the app store. Don't forget to register with my promo code SGPN. Get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Must be 18 and present in the state with Underdog Fantasy Operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call one 800 522-4700 or visit ncpgambling.org. SGP, I got to tell you this one as well, is teaming up with Underdog to give you even more of a bonus. Sign up between now and the end of the month, and five winners will receive an Underdog hat, Underdog shirt, and a $50 SGPN gift card. 
Sign up today using promo code SGPN and go to sportsgivenpodcast.com backslash dog to enter the for your contest. Enter the contest for your chance to win. All right. Now we are back here in the bottom line bombs with your host, the pet detective, the man in the box. You guys saw them. Um, glad to be back. I feel I feel I'm almost 100 percent back. I'm even got I even ran out and got a nice coffee for old time six. Not across the street from the studio anymore, but I, I did it. And then uh, I needed it, the energy. I had to drive down there. It's right down the street. It's close. But I went to Starbucks, and that's uh, that's a roll of the dice. Sometimes that can be 15 minutes for, you know, nothing. But it's, this one's a pretty it's a pretty ghetto one. It's on the sunset in uh, La Brea. So there's people in there, but there's no one really ordering ordering drinks. I get it. She's no one unregistered. No one registered. And then the girl, and the girl's like, "I'll be right with you. I'm in the corner." Actually, can I start? Because she can't do the register. She just does the drinks. Because can I start the drinks for you? I'm like, "Yeah, sure." It's just basic iced coffee, you know, with a little cream, no sweetener. You know, very simple. So fast. She's like, "Oh, great." I mean, they're very nice. She made it, and by the time the guy comes over to the register to ring it up, she's almost got it made. Like it's it's pretty much on the counter. It's quick. There's no one back there. But the guy rings me up. I even had cash. Five dollar bill. Keep it. Can I get a name for it? What do you need my fucking... The drink's right there. I'm about to pick it up. Why do you need my name? Is there is there 10 other people waiting for a drink? It's literally just me, him, and her. Everyone else is sitting there way back. And I need a name. I need a name. Put in a bet detective. What do you, whatever, what the fuck? I'm picking, I, I have my hand on the cup. You don't need my name. Anyway, I'm not, I'm not even that angry about it. It's just, it was just fun. It was more funny to me anyway. All right, let's get into uh, the <laughs> cereal says he gives fake names. Ordered a coffee under Marty one time. Marty's a good name. I like giving them names purposely fuck up, you know, Frederick or something like that, like because they that's the classic thing of uh, how they always mess up the names. But, uh, but my point was that there was no need for the name at this point. Let's use a little discretion. You know what I mean? The drink's made. It's just us. Who are we doing this for? Or did you just want to know my name? You got the bad detective. Anyway, let's talk about what happened over the weekend. Wake Forest beat Duke as two and a half point favorites. A bomb we hit. Um, and then there was a court storm all year. That's been the story. The court storm in college. After usually, there's a lot of things that happen. Right? So the, the kids, the students rush to court. It's college tradition. Usually after an upset or a big win. So some people are mad. Some people say if your team is favorite, you shouldn't storm the court, which I do. I I hear that argument. I understand that counter argument to that. Fuck Duke. Anytime you beat Duke, you're storming the court because fuck Duke. Anyway, but what happened was Kyle Flipowski. Kyle Flipowski. Uh, he got injured, and it was bound to happen. It's so weird. I I'm, I, I go both ways with this. I, I know it's, that's a hot take, but. Uh, so people want to ban it. M- m- mainly adults want to ban the court storming. Uh, star player for Duke got hurt. Everyone rushes the court. Usually they avoid the players, but this one it looked like it, it kind of looks like, and I get it, and I even get Flapowski doing that. 
There's video footage where it looks like he tried to trip the kid. And then he got hurt himself, which I think you're, I think you were really Zabuda, Zabuda filming. What's the, the Zabuda film? The JFK thing. I can never pronounce it right. Zabuda, right? The Ferent, you're, you're really dissecting the film too much. If you're looking at, well, he reached out his ankle too. I mean, they're, the fucking kids are bum rushing the court like it's Woodstock 99 or sliding down a hill. He's a seven footer, you know, and he's, he's got big long steps and he's pushing his arms out to keep people away from him. Like he's in defense mode. And then he went down with an injury and then, oh my God, the fucking feign reaction of the Duke side of the coaches. I mean, it's a lot. It's emotionally, they just lost the game. They're pissed. And all of a sudden this is happening. And then the coaches and everyone putting him on his shoulders. Like it looked like one of them, uh, the Ronald Reagan assassination attempt. Like everyone just carry him in World War II and they're carrying their soldiers. Like, all right, let's relax. You're fucking he rolled his ankle. Um, but what's funny is so now there's a debate, and then people are saying storm the court. I mean, uh, ban the court storming. The court storming is what separates college. You have a lot of bad takes, by the way, from NBA. Steph Davis just tweeted after the day. Why doesn't why don't you see court storming in the NBA? Huh? Is it because they're less enthusiastic? No, it's because they already tell fans if you go into court, you're leaving in handcuffs. It's that simple. Yeah, no, it's not that simple, Seth Davis. No NBA fans are storming the court because they're adults who paid thousands of dollars for those ridiculous seats. First of all, they don't have to storm the court in the NBA because they're seated right next to the bench. They have a folding chair right next to fucking LeBron. It's insane. At least in college. The answer is they're college kids. They're drunk and they don't care. They have reckless abandonment and it's just fun for them. That's what people forget like the about college basketball because we, we you know, it's like a professional sport. It's on it's got a professional Network deal, we bet on it. People make money off it. Jay Billis, all these ESPN people, they do all that shit. They all make money off it, and they make money off the enthusiasm of college, but then you forget they are college kids. That's what they do. That's why it doesn't happen in the NBA. So that's why it's funny, too. So now you have, like, Seth Greenberg. Hey, Bill said something that, like, if they storm the court, they should just detain everyone on the court and say, all right, you're all under arrest. That's that easy. Well, why don't you just drop a fucking net down, too, from the stadium, make it like a trap <laughs> so they can <laughs> not get locked in. See, it's all these, like, 50-year-old middle-aged men who make money off these kids, and they want – ESPN being sanctimonious about it, it's hilarious to me too, because their entire college contracts and whatever you know their programming exploits and benefits off of drunken idiot college kids and their fucking enthusiasm, basically for life. Like college game day, the football show with Lee Corso and he puts on the head hat, you know, McPhee and those guys. It's a great show because of college kids who are just happy to be young. Like these 19 year olds are so happy and they're screaming because they're young and they're idiots. They love it. They try to recreate it for basketball and it's, it's not quite the same because it's indoors, 
But that's what they do. And now they're like, well, now we don't want you storming. That's what they do. You know, you can't fire them up with beer funnels and make them do half-court shots and give them scholarship fucking oversized checks and then say, don't run around, don't run around the court and then run into players. No, that's what they're going to do. <laughs> Zero says they don't even store in the pitch when a team hasn't beaten another team like 10 plus years. It's true. They don't. But the college kids don't give a fuck. They don't care if it's favorite or not. Who's bad? I'm like, oh, we hate Duke. We're storming. The funny thing is the storm in the court. Like, I don't even know if the home, the team that wins likes it, you know? I mean, it's fun for the kids, I guess. For the kids. I can't imagine the players and the students. like. And I think, I mean, let's, there's a lot of ways we can go around. There's a lot of bad ideas. I do like the minute countdown, which is kind of funny. As soon as the game's over. All right, you got 60 seconds, opponents. Get off the court. Get off the court, Duke. You got one minute. And then the kids are just circling around the fucking stadium. I mean, around the court, counting down the minute. 45, 44, 43. And then they'll realize how ridiculous it is. If, if You ever had to count down a minute out loud? That's a long time. So I like that absurdity. I kind of like that idea. Arrest everyone is a funny, terrible idea. Colin Cowardy said, oh, just add more security. They should add 30 security. Yeah, like 30 security guards are going to do it. What? Yeah, security guard for every kid. Put a thousand security guards down there. Thousand kids line up. I say you can't add more security. First of all, security guards aren't going to do it. Security guards don't give a shit. They're not going to try to stop a fucking drunken frat guy running at him. Why would they? They get paid $12 an hour. Yeah, we're going to need you to tackle these kids. Although they probably would like tackling kids. But then what are you going to do with them? Fucking hog tie them on the court? They should have more more, uh, obstacles to go through to kids. The kids shouldn't have a direct line to the other opponent. Like You shouldn't be able to go face-to-face with your camera making a TikTok fucking as you run into some all-Americans kneecaps, you know? Put dogs out there. Unleash the hounds. Kids should have to divert actual dogs. Have them protect the other team. Yeah? Shouldn't be a direct line, as I'm trying to say. <laughs> um, I don't know. A lot of Syrians just ban, ban the court. So what, what kind of... I mean... I guess injuries are going to happen, but it should be a free for all as well. Is there? I don't want what I don't want. I don't want court storming being banned because I don't want those moments taken away, like when a player beats the shit out of a of a fucking of some you know frat dork. Like there was nothing better, and actually this was a football player. Remember, wasn't a football player when the Boise State guy went up and talked shit to Lagarette Blunt? When he was at Oregon and he fucking like knocked him out. That was amazing. So a lot of these course armies, like the, the players try to get little cheap shots at him. You know what I mean? But it's tough because they're standing there. With the running of the bulls, these guys are coming full speed at him. You know. Yes, there's a way of stopping it. I just like how angry it's making old men on TV who make money 
off these kids and their youth. What do they want? They just want college sports. All right, get rid of all the college kids. We just want to, we just want to make money off of the free labor that they give us. And I know it's not free labor anymore because they get all the NIL money. I get it. Which is overrated too. They don't get about that much money. Anyway, all right. So let's get let's go from that. Let's transition to some bombs for college basketball that's happening one tonight and a couple tomorrow. Like I said, eight and one last week. Serial says they need security guards like the ones at Walmart. I know some of those those guys take their job seriously. They think they have stock going on in the uh, in the Walmart for shoplifting, and they fucking they will absolutely wrestle you to the ground. They cannot wait to do. They do straight body people, but it should be at a Walmart. Walmart rules is like prison rules. That'd be hilarious. If you're going to storm the court, it's Walmart rules out there. All injuries. That's the thing. Those ki- the kids don't care about injuries. They're drunk. And that kid who, who did hurt Flipowski, he went flying. He bounced right up, you know, into the fucking whatever Wake Forest is anyway. Anyway, let's get it out. I got four, uh, four bombs for you. We're going to go with tonight is the only one we got. The only one for tonight is TCU Baylor. TCU is minus two at home versus Baylor. Um, we are going to go with TCU on this one. T- First of all, it's a big 12 home home team. That's basically all you got to say. Um, the big 12 tough schedules uh, in every night. There's a tough game. Baylor just had their, uh, an overtime uh, heartbreaker loss to Houston game they were down by like 20 they came all the way back could have won in regulation missed a free throw but that's college there's so many dumb things in college that that, i i do give one piece of advice if you are betting college basketball and i have been don't watch it (laughs) some of it can make you crazy including the wake forest game the wake forest wake Forest. i had wake forest minus two and a half they're up five with the ball with 50 seconds to go and what do they do? They try to throw up an alley you five seconds into the shot clock. All you gotta do is dribble it out, get fouled, whatever, go up seven. He launches up an alley oop, it goes out of bounds, turnover, Duke three ball bank. Now it's a two point game. You're like, what the fuck? Then they get a stop. Duke has the ball down two, 10 seconds to go with a chance to win it or send it to overtime. They turn it over with like a second to go. Luckily, they get a foul for the four point win for the cover. But that's college for you. Like, what are you doing? A lot of missed free throws. And that's what happened in, uh, well, TCU missed a, Baylor missed a free throw. Uh, that was a great game, but it took a lot out of them. Now they got to go to TCU and oh, Big 12 home teams, they just win. Basically what happens. So TCU minus two, uh, it's a good spot. Baylor in the letdown game, even though they lost to Houston, it was, they had to take a lot out of them. That was their biggest game of the year. So we'll take TCU tonight, minus two, bomb it. Sorry, I got it. I forgot to warn you. I forgot to warn you, C-Generates. I'm at home. I'm at, that's the remote bomb. That's the Bombenheimer. That's the, uh, hello, turn down your speakers. Anyway. 
Uh, tomorrow, another spot game. We're going to go with uh, the Mississippi State-Kentucky. We were on Kentucky to, to body Alabama. Speaking of bodying, we had that Harlan County, Raymond, Raylan Jennings, Kentucky bomb, Ashley Judden. Um, sorry, Miss Ashley. We um, we hit that. Kentucky Kentucky looked awesome. They ran, they ran Alabama out of the building. But that's what they do when they run. Now they're going to go to Mississippi State. It's a classic letdown spot. This is just this is just what happened. Kentucky won at Auburn, then they lost at LSU. Then they just smoked Alabama. Now they go to Mississippi State. They're actually getting two and a half. Classic letdown. This is exactly what Kentucky does. They have the greatest talent in the country, but Cal Perry doesn't know what to do with them, and they can't keep anything consistent. So this is a classic letdown game again. Let's set up a CJ. Oh, Philadelphia, Mississippi. Mississippi Burden. Uh, <laughs> I like trying to commercialize. Mississippi will be burning tomorrow night. Yes, that is a reference to the Ku Klux Klan and the racism. Don't look up where the saying comes from, but Mississippi will be burning. Minus two and a half versus Kentucky tomorrow night. Here comes the Bombenheimer. Hold your ears, CJ. <laughs> Good movie, Mississippi Burn. Terrible, terrible story. But Gene Hackman, whoo, he can bring it. Anyway, um, another one tomorrow night. Home team. This is a lot of points, seven points. But Iowa, Penn State, we're going to go with Iowa here. Um, and we were on Penn State. Penn State had a huge upset win versus Illinois. It was a letdown spot, but we were still on them versus Indiana because Indiana is that bad, and they did hold on. Now this is going to be too much. Now to go to Iowa, this is a revenge game for Iowa. Coming down the stretch, you want to play these good ranked teams laying points on a revenge game at home in the last couple of weeks. There's some kind of trend with it. I'm not really sure what it is. Either way, Iowa's been having a quite a year. They're like the um, the Iowa men's basketball team. is like the fourth most popular thing in Iowa. The women's basketball is number one, obviously. Like the volleyball, wrestling is always huge there. And uh, their men's basketball is still, um, well, they're good. And when they're at home, they light it up. On the road, not so much. Although they did score a lot of points at Illinois. Um, but Penn State will not have the offense to keep up with this game. This is going to be a uh, absolute children of the corn stomping. Against the old Sanduskies. So we're going to give another bomb here. Iowa minus seven. <laughs> Serial says the Mississippi burning reference is still better than the Bills coach relating to 9 11. They were, it worked for a while. They were undefeated. And then they really got shot down over Pennsylvania on that last one when the <laughs> they lost to the Chiefs. Uh, so that was three college bombs. TCU tonight, minus two. Mississippi State, minus two and a half tomorrow. And Iowa, minus seven tomorrow. And one NBA bomb tomorrow. Just for a little bonus for you. You can wrap these all up. Um, Atlanta is only laying two and a half versus Utah now. That's because Trey Young is hurt, and he's out for four weeks. Uh, they won their first game without him versus Orlando last night. I think it was last night. Um, Trey Young's great, but teams seem to step up, and I think they, they really overdid this line. They really overvalued this line. First of all, Utah 
I know they beat the Spurs yesterday, but since that trade deadline, since they've gutted their team, they're the market really hasn't caught up with them. They're not the same team they were in the first half of the season when they were playing good ball. I know they played good versus the Spurs, but that was the Spurs. Um, so this is a really short number for Atlanta, Utah, because of Trey Young and because of the perception of Utah. I like Atlanta a lot um, tomorrow night. So I'll give a quick bomb for that. Oh, boy. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, Siri. I'll give you, I'll give you one, even though it won't be an official bomb. Only because you're here and you're helping me out with the chat. Um, it's a small slate tonight. There's only like four games tonight, right? But I get you. I get you. You're hungry. You're hungry for. Uh, you're hungry for a play. Um, I do have a play though. I am on one game, and that is the Memphis Grizzlies. They are getting two and a half at home versus Brooklyn. For the live joiners. Here you go. Uh, Memphis. All right. Memphis is bad. They got a lot of two-way players and whatnot. You know, that's that's why that's why uh, Brooklyn is favored. Brooklyn should not be favored over anyone. Brooklyn is a fucking mess right now. They just fired their coach. They had one win. Like, I think like the last eight, nine games, it was versus Philly, who's also a mess. They lost by 50 to the Celtics the other day. I mean, they're getting blown out. They're terrible. They should not be favored versus anyone. Memphis is at least playing. I mean, they're playing hard out there. They're playing. They beat the Bucks. They beat a couple other teams um, at home. So Memphis at home plus two and a half. Take them on the money line plus one twenty. Uh, I like the Grizzlies over Brooklyn. I think Brooklyn. Brooklyn stinks. They should not be. I mean, they shouldn't be favored versus anyone. So there you go. There's your. There's your. There's your NBA for tonight cereal. Just for you only. From me to you, the bet detective. Just to you. You came in my box. Oh, <laughs> that's a sound bite. You came in my box. Anyway, let me get to the ad reads off that one. Let me head, head to commercial break, as they used to do. <clears throat> and I'll tell you about, well, we'll tell you about the uh, Hall of Fame bets real quick. Let me get that up there. Bink, there we go. Win bigger by betting smarter this NBA season with Hall of Fame bets, a sports betting analytics platform for players. Props, parlays, and game lines. Research every NBA and soccer bet with historical stats and data. Enter any parlay idea into the Hall of Fame Bet's revolutionary parlay optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg as well as expected probability for the entire parlay. Sort all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot, which picks have value. Stop betting in the dark. Join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame Bets to craft more intelligent, Data-driven parlays down with the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching. Start winning with Hall of Fame Bets. And we are back on the bottom line, Bombs. I am your host, the man in the box. The bet detective CJ Sullivan. Uh, we are going, we just went through a lot. I just gave you four bombs in and one unofficial one just for cereal and the other live people out there. <laughs> like I said, thank you for watching live on YouTube, though. Not, not and everyone who is in the chat. Make sure you hit the thumbs up button. That helps the algorithm, I believe. And make sure you subscribe to this YouTube page here, the bottom line bombs of CJ Sullivan. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast as well. That's also important. 
Spotify, iTunes, wherever you're listening to it. I have my own personal feed, even though it's going out in the college experience, and this is part of the C Block. I will be with Picks Dundee after the show. Stay tuned here live as we will give out all college picks. Um, but yeah, make sure you subscribe to the bottom of my miles. We'll see you guys off as we court storm. We court storm the Capitol. Let's go. They didn't ban that, right? I, what, are you telling me I can't storm the Capitol or the fucking basketball court when we beat Duke? Anyway, let's get off basketball right now. Uh, the NFL Combine this, this week here in, Indian, in Indianapolis. It's always in Indianapolis, that dull-ass dome. Um, what a meat market that is. People get excited for the Combine, the 40 times, the shuttle runs, the bench pressings, the high jumps, body fat. The interviews, the interrogations, it's illegal what they do. It's insane. The NFL is just fucking insane. I mean, we love the NFL. You have to love the NFL. But the audacity they have to bring in the top employees for this meat market, parade them around, and then ask them the most insane questions, have people like come out of nowhere and like gorilla interrogate, why do you want to be, you know, why do you want to be part of the uh, Carolina Panthers? Like yelling at some fucking lineman. He should be like, why do why do I want to be a part of you? Fuck you. I'm on top of my field. You're the worst. But the draft is illegal. It's like a slave system. Any other any other field of employment, the top workers would get to choose where they get to go. And they got to see if they're ready for the question. This is like more of the stuff where, they, where the one guy asked Des Bryant if his mom was a prostitute, all these fucking ridiculous questions. Last year, the story that came out of it was C.J. Stroud, the amazing rookie of the year, offensive, I mean, damn near MVP, quarterback for the Houston Texans, number two overall pick, should have been number one. He bombed the new, like, S-test, it's called, or whatever. It used to be the Wonderlick test, and now it's like the S-test or some shit which tests you on how you react to things like that. And he got like an 18. <laughs> like out of like, it's supposed to be like on what, like the 90 percentage, 95th percentile, and he got an 18, which obviously means he didn't give a fuck about that test. Which if you can't tell that by seeing that in 18, because it's like, that sounds like impossible. Anyway, it got leaked. It always gets, the NFL draft, those bad stories always get leaked in the, for the draft. And it's not good. Now he's got racist undertones. He's just got evil undertones by other teams. They just want to show off and make people and have these fucking kids stock drop. It's, it's insane. I'll never forgive the Eagles for passing on Warren Sapp because he had Coke fucking Coke stories came out of him the day of the draft. Where do you think this is coming from? Other agents and other teams? I mean, this doesn't just pop up out of nowhere. But anyway, C.J. Stroud failed the cognitive test, and and Bryce Young aced it. And they said that was a huge thing of why the Carolina owner wanted <laughs> Bryce Young number one overall. Well, yeah, no, I well, I did watch the footage of a, of him playing at Ohio State for two years, where he was an All American quarterback and damn near won the national championship with them, but he couldn't put the right shells underneath the pee in time on this fucking ASCAT test we gave him. That's a red flag. 
it's hilarious how they grade these fucking players and just what the, the shit they make them do. They need something to do. What is there? I mean, and and, and, Stroud, and Stroud was right because I didn't give a fuck about that test. What are people not going to draft me? And he was right. Another football story was that uh, a Cam Newton video that happened yesterday. That was amazing. That was the opposite of the combine. The seven on seven tournament. <laughs> was it down in Atlanta or some shit? Jesus. That looked like the fucking uh, two on two tournament. A white man can't jump. One of my favorite scenes like that. When they uh, win the championship and the white judges were like, let's get the fuck out of here. Pay them and let's get the fuck out of here. That's what this thing was. So these clowns jumped Cam Newton. Who knows why? And Cam Newton, that's what came out of the video, how he handled himself. Cam Newton, like, fought off these three guys, three adult men at the same time. Had, like, one in a headlock, threw one guy by the dreads, tossed him over the hill, and he has that silly fucking Dr. Seuss top hat, and it didn't move. It was incredible. Yeah, the Cam hat was crazy. The hat didn't budge. I think there literally is a cat in that hat. Then security nonchalantly comes over like a minute later. Hey, security, what are you what are you doing, fellas? Uh, the star of the camp's getting this getting fucking jumped over here by three destruct uh, coaches or player. Who knows what they were? I think one of them used to coach for him. He was talking shit on him. Some other video, but security comes over. They got like a sandwich. The guy's got a fucking. He's got a he's got a plate. He's eating a fucking potato salad. Hey, buddy, you want to uh, you want to you want to do your job over here and uh, keep these fucking knuckleheads off me? So a lot of people are praising Cam Newton for. It. I tell you what, what kind of camp? They're like, yeah, this is a camp. <laughs> he's trying to give back to the kids. I mean, what is going on? I don't want to toss the word ghetto around with it, but this is uh, someone trying to compare. Like, you don't see this at the Manning passing camp? Yeah, no, you don't. You don't see this at the Peyton Manning passing camp. Because <laughs> this is not the Peyton Manning passing camp. This was the seven-on-seven cash prize tournament down in Atlanta. Um, what happened to Cam Newton? I love, and I like Cam Newton a lot, and I still like Cam Newton. But he's become a weird character. He wears his outfits and his hat, and he's still like he's still young. I feel like he can still play ball. He was an MVP in the NFL, and I feel bad for him because he had you know massive shoulder injury where he just couldn't throw the ball anymore. But he was still such a great athlete that he got a chance to be a quarterback. He was quarterback for the Patriots there, you know, at the end, and he just couldn't throw the ball. And so people, but people act like that's just, ah, he can never throw the ball. No, he used to be able to throw it. He just couldn't. But, I mean, did that shoulder just never rehab? I feel like he could still play. He's still fucking Cam Newton. I don't know. I would give him a chance. Granted, you do need an arm physically on your body to throw the football to be a quarterback. I'll, I'll give you that. But uh, he was always like, you know, he was a stud. He was a superstar. Eccentric, I guess, but not like this. Now he's just fucking. Now he's like, now he's like the steampunk. Like he's got that weird hat, the feather in it. You know, he's like, he looks like Johnny. He looks like a black Johnny Depp out there. I love him. Love Cam. 
He's on these weird podcasts. Everyone's on a weird podcast clip as I as I speak into a podcast microphone. Um, anyway. God bless Cam Newton. And uh, well, he came out of it good. People, he, you know, good for him. He came out of it. Uh, came out of it looking good, beating up his own <laughs> his own campmates and coaches. I mean, not beating off. He fended him off, and the hat did not budge. So that brought up a conversation of people who think they can try professional athletes. Not a good idea. Not a good idea. Not fucking around with people. Anyway, um, what was the other story? Uh, speaking of uh, what happened to Eric Bieniemy, that was a weird move. Eric Bieniemy, who was offensive coordinator for Washington this year after being offensive coordinator for Kansas City for years and not getting a head coaching job, to the dismay of a lot of people, uh, now went to UCLA to be their offensive coordinator, not even a coach at UCLA. That's Deshaun Foster. But now he's going to be the offensive coordinator. And then you have all the national media coming up. The NFL should be ashamed of themselves, not letting Eric Bieniemy give the head coaching job. Well, I mean, it's it, yeah, on its surface, it definitely seems odd. A man was offensive coordinator for the Chiefs for all these years. Problem is, they give the credit to Andy Reid for calling play for the offense. It's a, it's a lose-lose situation being the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs. That's why he went to Washington. And then immediately went to Washington, players just complained how he yelled too much. So something's going on with the enemy in interviews. Well, he, he must be a psychopath. Like, he must never stop yelling where... Like, yeah, I don't care what your resume says. We just can't give you a job. I mean, if you want to say it's racist, I mean, I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. It's never a good look when a, when a white guy says, no, it's not racist. You just got to, I mean, I'll, I'll certainly listen to it. But at the same time, I mean, there are other black head coaches being hired. Something is unique with Eric Bieniemy. You know, it's funny. So then there's our, that's, that's, that's what happens in those articles. So the article would be like, NFL should be ashamed. They ran B enemy off, never getting, giving him an opportunity to be a head coach. Fair point. Then you get to the comments of those articles. I always like reading the comments just as for a C. Um, eh, for a laugh and like see what the, what the pulse is, but it's never really the pulse of real thing. But then, and so then you have, so then it becomes political. Once once you bring race into it, it becomes automatically political. And then it writes Nadal's like, this is the media, this is the media's guideline, the media narrative, the the, the left wing the same media that said Hillary was gonna win. What? Hillary? What the fuck does that have to do with Eric Bienemy? It's the same media says we're racist. Oh my god. This thing has went off the fucking hinges. Now you're talking about Texas abortions or Alabama abortions. <laughs> Roll IVF time. Um, I was gonna do the uh, <laughs> zippy news. I haven't done that in a while. Alabama says embryos are frozen body babies are bodies, so they're bad in Napa, but they didn't realize that that's also needed for family. So we're gonna rethink it, Tommy Tuberville. Dumb football coaches controlling women's bodies.
Good God, it's a long song. <laughs> anyway, it's fun. Like sometimes, I mean, it's a dangerous world when you start reading comments on online articles. But I did like how it went from the enemy not getting an opportunity to coach to Hillary Clinton within. It's like within three lines. It's kind of like that six degrees Kevin Bacon or name that tune. I can make this batshit crazy in two lines. I can do it in one line. I don't even need a reference. I can throw a MAGA on there. I can talk about the woke. Speaking of which, let's go inside the box, and we'll talk about the man in the box, and we'll talk about some of that thing that's been going on. So here we go. Let's go to the box, degenerates. Yes, all right. We are here live. Thank you, everyone. For of course, thanks again for joining the show live today. And as I gave out my bombs, um, what were they? I forget again. TCU minus two tonight. Tomorrow, Mississippi State minus two and a half. Iowa minus seven, and Atlanta Hawks minus two and a half. Anyway, um, yeah. Speaking of the woke and all that, that was also a big story. This not a big story this weekend online. If you're online like I am, if you're extremely online, that's a that's a phrase I've, I've read too. I have friends who are extremely online. What the f- that? What's that mean? It means they're fucking. It means we're addicted like anyone else, I guess. This fucking awful life, this awful life online. It's that's not a good thing to be extremely online. Anyway, uh, but the Twitterverse, the X verse, all that shit. They were talking about Saturday Night Live because Shane Gillis was the host of Saturday Night Live, and uh, a lot of takes on that. A lot of different articles. Shane Gillis, comedian. He's an anti-woke comic. I, don't know. I like Shane Gills. He's funny. From Philly. Um, he's fine. I, I mean, I don't, I'm not a fanboy or anything like that, but, uh, but only because I'm older and I hate everything. Um, but no, he's fine enough. He's, you know, he's fine enough where he was famous for um, getting hired to be a cast member of Saturday Night Live and then fired like the same day. As soon as they announced it, him, it was like Bowen Yang, someone else. And then all of a sudden, uh, Seth Simmons, who sucks, and like the online world, they they dig up you know old tweets or whatever. And he was on a podcast. I think he did like a fucking stupid Asian voice, or whatever. Um, they unearthed it. Although he actually tells a funny story, Shane does, where he's like, "Yeah, they didn't have." He's like, "Isn't that crazy?" Then they look deep all the way into your all your archives of what you did. That was bad, and they cancel you. He's like, "Yeah, they didn't have to look too far. It was actually the, the last." podcast i did and it was right up top <laughs> so that's kind of funny yeah it's funny so anyway um it's it was, it's a great tradition that's happening where people where these comics have the best day of their lives uh, also become the worst day of their lives hey he's hired saturday live like, i can't believe it what a dream come true an hour later i'm fired from saturday live because of my buddy's podcast i did three years ago that was a lot of fun. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Twitter. You guys are the best. So he got fired, and for that, he gets a lot of publicity, obviously, and comics are going to defend him because the snowflakes didn't like him, so automatically becomes a hero that way. So he, got, he had momentum going that way, and he's a funny comic. So he got part of the uh, Joe Rogan crew or whatever, and comics defend him, and then uh, he's doing good. He had a couple of Netflix specials, and uh, they're good. They're solid. He's funny. 
got a big following within four years. I think it was only four years, pretty, which is pretty crazy. It's pretty fast um, to be that successful like that. So good for him. Uh, Saturday Live asked him to be host. Saturday Live's done this before. They fired Norm McDonald ahead and print come back and like whatever. This, this Saturday Live doesn't give a fuck. If it makes money, that's what I think. Like Saturday Live's just woke fucking thing. Saturday Live doesn't they have Trump hosts. They don't, I mean, they don't give a shit. Lord Michaels doesn't care. It's all it's a money machine. Sad so Gill's host and um his monologue. It was so he does his monologue and it's just his stand-up, whatever. It's his routine stand-up. Yeah, it wasn't. And the articles come out like Shane Gillis bombs with his fucking uh, <laughs> terrible terms. Maybe unless they pipe the noise in the crowd on the TV broadcast and like fake noise it, it didn't seem like he bombed at all. He had a huge applause break. I mean, the jokes seemed were fine. He used the word retard. There's no context whatsoever. So like he, he didn't just say like, hey, you're a retard. It was within the joke. Of a bully doing it, like in character, but whatever. People don't care about that. People just want to write what they want to write, and that's what it is. I'll I'll admit the clickbait got me. I think it was like the Daily Beast, like Jay Gillis bombs. I'm like what? I just saw it. I want to see how they article. So I clicked on the article. And then you had to subs- like subscribe to their newsletter or something. I'm like, well, fuck you. I'm not I'm not doing that to read the rest of your nonsense. Um. So I think they just write what they want, and then that becomes a narrative. They're like, see, these things, they should be isolated. Diana Live should be its own thing. Gil should be its own thing. They shouldn't cross paths. First of all, his stand-up was fine. His skits were even better. He was, I thought he was pretty good as an actor, actually. And uh, and the skits, and the skits were, they're just as good as any other fucking piece of shit Diana Live episode in the last 10 years, if you've watched it, which has become all applause and celebrities. That's what I hate about the new Saturday Live, not to be an old man about it. And every generation has their own <clears throat> certain ear of Saturday Live, which is near and dear to them, mainly because that's when you saw growing up. You know? Like the Dana Carvey, Phil Hartman, Cross with the Farley and Sandler and all those guys, when they were all together, it was kind of my golden peak era. But even I still love the Will Ferrells, and even afterwards, you know, haters and all that, they're all good. But then it, now it's become like such as just like this crazy fucking applause just for the people, like this shit. Like Kate McKinnon, yeah! And you watch the old shit, they wouldn't do that with like, they wouldn't even do that with fucking Eddie Murphy. Like, let them, let the skits happen. Anyway, most of the live skits are terrible. The recorded ones are great. I mean, there's a lot of talented people. There. I'm not saying I'm not even saying that. A lot of it's just they can't get shit by networks, and they have to do it for money. And it's just not as it's not as fucking free spirit as it was. Plus, it's also very difficult to write a, a weekly sketch show. <laughs> it's not it's not an easy thing. People are like, oh, sketch doesn't have any endings. Yeah, well, sketches are tough to write endings for too. Usually, it comes with an idea, a premise. You tweak some jokes in there, and getting out of there is not easy. Point is, the show was fine. The episode was great. He did fine. But then there's this weird narrative. It's just this weird narrative. And like, it's just like anything else. They write what they want to write, and people think what they want to think, and they don't care what happened. They don't care what the, any of the truth is. No context or anything. It's like, nope, it was awful. No, he killed it. But fuck this bitch band member who didn't smile. Let me, let me, and let me uh, defend that girl. 
in the band who was right behind her who didn't laugh and smile at all. They're calling her out. First of all, she's on stage. You're not supposed to laugh and smile. You're not supposed to be the audience. And second of all, she sees this shit every week. She probably saw she probably saw a rehearsal. She probably saw it all week long. She's it's not new to her. I would never, ever criticize someone for not laughing or smiling at stand-up. She wasn't frowning. That's what people are trying to say. She just didn't like it. What's up, JC from KC? Who says, what's up, C. Jones? Uh, anyway, I thought it was fine. Whatever. He's funny. Doesn't matter. He's killing it. It's not going to stop him from doing anything. Uh, the one sketch, sketch, sketch that everyone uh, is going nuts, that at least the gambling world is going to be nuts, is going nuts about. And um, sent me and everyone is the gambling ad spoof, which was good. They did. They did a great job on that. I. I mean, I don't want to say that. I didn't. It, it's. It was bound. To, it, it needed to be done. They did a thing called. Um, what was it? Self bet kings or degenerate kings? I forget what it was called. Um, rock bottom kings. That's what it was. Yes, JC from KC who said, did he miss the court storm bet detective investigation? You go go back and listen after the show. We're just wrapping up here. We're in the box. We're in the. Sorry to tell you guys. It's usually 1230 this week. Sometimes it it will be again on Thursday, 1230. Anyway, Pacific. Uh, but the gambling ad spoof was funny. Um, because and we and I say this with the gambling ads, with the Bet MGM and all the sports books, and the way it's lawless now, and you have like your Jamie Foxes and Kevin Hart's pushing like these five dollars. And I know how ironic this is coming from uh, me who does push the same exact ads, <laughs> but Hey, we have to pay bills around here. Kevin Hart doesn't need to pay bills. They're getting paid a gross amount of money to push this addiction to fucking college kids and, you know, desperate people. You think Kevin Hart is taking advantage of the $5 down $200 bonus play? I mean, it is hilarious the way they do these ads. Like you, know, SNL did it right with the fireworks and the fires, and everybody wins. And they have terms like "it's free bets, sweat free." You can't lose. It's impossible to lose. We're gonna look back on this within like five years, like cigarette ads or you know liquor ads. It's just like you take advantage of the desperate. Like, this is horrible. Not what I say. I'm saying all our sponsors, of course, could make sure you do that. But but what I'm damn saying, that's why I like to say, if you have a gambling problem, and you do, you have one. You're listening to me, the bet detective on the bottom line bombs on a thing called the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. You have a gambling problem. But not all problems need solved. It's fine. This is a life we chose, see generates. And there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> but there is nothing more disingenuous than those celebrities saying that. Oh, well, if you have a game problem, no problem. Just call that. You don't give up. Well, anyway, it's a very funny sketch. Uh, Saturday Live did the Rock Bottom Kings, whatever the hell it's called. Um, they they did those uh, gambling ads pretty well. Good, good spoof. Good sketch. Good spoof. SNL. I have no longer have dreams of being on Saturday Night Live. Growing up, you did. And then when I became a comic early on, you had people with, like family and friends like, hey, what am I going to see on SNL? That's always the key. What am I going to see on SNL? And then uh, 
after certain years that, that goes by and they realize that's not going to happen, then they're like, well, can I at least see you on that drunk history thing? You, you can do that, right? You're a drunk. Can't you just spit off some stupid history story? And then it's, uh, hey, you're alive? I didn't, I didn't realize that. That's going to do it for today's show on the Bottom Line Bombs. I am CJ Sullivan, the man in the box. Make sure you give me a follow on Instagram at CJ Sullivan was taken. Not like Liam Neeson, but you know what I mean? Was underscore taken underscore all that bullshit. Or on X at CJ Sullivan underscore. Make sure you subscribe. Give me a five-star review. I need to see some reviews out there. Five stars, you can talk shit all you want. I don't care what your words say. Just make sure it's five stars. Hit the thumbs up. Subscribe. I need more subscribers. I need more downloads for the shows. Tell 50,000 of your friends if you can. Uh, if you want to see me it's doing stand-up, if you're in Los Angeles, I'll be at The Fable, which is an Eagle Rock doing a microdose show on Wednesday evening. Um, Come April 19th weekend, I will be in Milwaukee, Wisconsin at the Laughing Tap all weekend. I'm headlining out there. Come on out if you're in Wisconsin or anywhere near that area, April 19th, 20th. Buy some tickets. I need that, too. Um, That's going to be a fun weekend. I can't wait for that. I love going up there. I love Milwaukee. It's a fun town. Um, anyway, that's that being said, I love you guys. See generates. That's going to do it for the show. Uh, stay tuned. C block is next. I mean, Colby D picks Dundee coming right up in a half an hour. Um, that's going to do it for us. And I'll see you guys again on Thursday. That's it. See ya. Still here. Hey.